Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. It's Friday, December 16th, and we're doing a roundup of self-driving car updates. I'm your host, Dylan Lewis, and I'm joined on Skype by Fool.com Senior Tech Specialist Daniel Sparks. Daniel, how's it going? Good, Dylan. Thanks for having me on the show. A little blustery over there in Colorado, huh? Yeah, high wind uh, warnings this morning, so it's it's pretty crazy. Glad you can't hear it through the microphone. Yeah, seems like the kind of weather that you might want some driving assistance, huh? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so, Daniel, there's been a ton of news regarding self-driving cars in the past month or so. Seems like pretty much every major player in the space has come out with an announcement of some sort. Seems like on our end, we were probably due to do a little check-in and see what's going on. How's that sound? Sounds good. So the first news that I really noticed, I mean, there were there were other ones that came up in the past couple of weeks, but one that really caught my attention was Alphabet's self-driving car project doesn't seem to be just a project anymore. It seems like they're kind of uh, emphasizing this within the Alphabet holding structure. Yeah, we, we saw that blog post from uh, Waymo is what they're calling it, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where they're taking this for sure. So in that blog post, they said, Waymo stands for a new way forward in mobility. We're a self-driving technology company with a mission to make it safe and easy for people to and things to move around. And the TLDR here, the the very simple explanation of what's going on is they are taking the self-driving car project under Google X and turning it into a kind of identifiable business under Alphabet. And this is awesome, I think, if you're an Alphabet shareholder because it shows that they're going to put a little bit more emphasis on moving things along and, and not having these fun projects be just that, um, that there's going to be a commercialization element to it and kind of a path to that. But um, to me, more than anything else, this just kind of highlights the benefits of the Alphabet holding company structure and, and kind of how, uh, under CFO Ruth Porat, they've decided to take a more Wall Street-friendly look at some of the things that are going on there at Google. Yeah, it it definitely highlights um, the the structure that they've set up, the alphabet structure, uh, and the benefits of it. Um, you know, it, investors should realize that uh, this isn't just some new project that they're doing. This is kind of the graduation of of uh, the uh, self driving car project to an actual company. Um, and this is really one of the first instances where we've seen this under the alphabet structure. Uh, where where we can see where they take this from kind of their Google X area, uh, which is more just moonshots in development is kind of how they're they're making it look. And you know, and we're really seeing that with this particular instance, and then graduating it over to an actual company and uh, putting the, like you said, putting some pressure on it uh, so they could start turning it into a, a business. Yeah, and this is, like you said, not something that happened overnight. I mean, the self-driving car project has been in the works, I believe, for over eight years at this point. Um, my read on this, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Daniel, is we're not really going to be seeing actual financials on Waymo broken out when Alphabet gives its quarterly numbers anytime soon, at least. Um, it seems like they'll probably continue to be lumped into other bets reporting for the foreseeable future. Yeah. I definitely think that they're going to keep it in other bets um, because you know with Google's revenue at uh, 22.2 billion and other bets revenue at uh, about 200 million, um, you know all virtually all of the company's profits coming from uh, the Google segments, the core Google segments, and you know nearly a billion dollar loss coming from other bets. I don't think Alphabet is ready just because uh, Waymo's 
turning into a company to start uh, segmenting out this information on its own. Uh, not only would it probably draw attention to simply a losing segment since they haven't really uh, monetized this service yet and and uh, you know like we said that's kind of the purpose of it is to get the pressure on it also it could uh, you know, potentially give competitors uh, an edge that they don't really need to let competitors have by looking into their business uh, because you know this this is uh, a very small to their business they don't have to report it to investors since it's not material at all so they might as well keep it under wraps as long as they can yeah, so while we won't have a ton of financial insight, it seems what I think this does open the door to is some questions and maybe a little bit more more pointed commentary from management and some of those quarterly calls and maybe some press releases on specifically what's going on with the self-driving car project. Again, probably not something that we're going to get a ton of insight into immediately, but something that in the coming quarters, coming years, we should definitely expect to hear more from. Uh, definitely. One of the other things that we got some color on uh, regarding Google's self-driving car project, I guess I guess I should be calling it Waymo now, uh, is <laughs> exactly how they plan to monetize self-driving car technology. This is something that's been kind of up in the air for a while. At times, they've talked about not wanting to be a car manufacturer, but it's been hard to really take them at face value there because you know they're they're looking to obscure this as much as possible. Um, you want to talk a little bit about what we got in terms of commentary there? Yeah, so that was kind of uh, one of the big takeaways when they're coming out with this Waymo announcement. There were there was some speculation that uh, Alphabet could be working on its own kind of Google branded car. While they might not actually had planned to or thought of planning manufacturing it, um, you know, as they do with their hardware products, they often outsource the manufacturing and then kind of slap that brand on, a similar way Apple does with Foxconn. Uh, but there was some speculation they could try to be working on some sort of uh, Google-branded car, uh, you know, and we have seen their their cars with no steering wheel, their, their kind of ambitious vision of a totally uh, autonomous driving experience. Uh, there had been some speculation in the past they would be planning to bring a larger fleet of those to the market, but uh, the uh, CEO of Waymo, uh, John Kraftkick, I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm going to say, um, I think it's Kraftsick. I think. I'm not okay. 100% sure. I have only okay. seen it in writing. I haven't heard it said. So, yeah, I understand how <laughs> neither of us are totally sure. Okay, that that sounds better. We'll, we'll go with that anyways. Uh, we'll just call him John today. <laughs> so, John, um, he uh, emphasized that, you know, they're not trying to turn into a car business, but rather uh, wanting to focus on the technology behind the cars uh, and, and basically the company's mission, Waymo's mission, uh, to make make driving autonomous, to make it safer um, and, you know, as in their their name, just really focus on the mobility. And, you know, I think this is a good move. This is something that Alphabet has succeeded at in the past by really focusing on software and uh and gathering data because you know essentially that's the company's core mission is to organize data so uh, by doing this you know I I'm actually more bullish on the segment uh, by saying that they're really going to focus on their core competi competencies uh, with it um, and maybe similar to way to the way you know Alphabet tries to add in uh, Google branded hardware later on uh, with Android maybe they'll do a similar thing uh, with cars by trying to bring in Google branded cars later on after they've really developed and honed in on their 
uh, expertise in the autonomous area of the technology. Yeah, the quote from uh, John, as, as we'll refer to him, um, we're in the business of making better drivers. We're a self-driving car company, not a car company. And I think if you look back at uh, some of the things that have happened in the last month or so, you see that Apple seems to be taking kind of a similar route with their autonomous driving ambitions. Right. Yeah. So, so this is, you know, we see these big tech companies and then you look at the giant automobile segment where uh, companies like Alphabet and Apple don't have uh, any significant revenue. And in theory, it looks like this awesome opportunity for Alphabet and Apple to start making these cars. And maybe that's why a lot of the speculation uh, received so much attention. You know, thinking about a Google branded or Apple branded car just uh, is, a, is a really powerful idea. It could uh, open up the companies to huge new revenue opportunities. But, uh, you know, when you actually get down and think about, especially in Alphabet's case, uh, it would really be out of their core competency to start making cars. And even a uh, Apple, by outsourcing their manufacturing and building Apple-branded hardware products along with their software, uh, cars is just a whole nother breed. It's a really capital-intensive business. And, you know, by Alphabet doing this and now, uh, like we're going to talk about, Apple focusing on the software part of the business, uh, it really kind of de-risks the uh, these new segments, uh, but on the other hand, may uh, decrease some of the potential upside if things did go well. Yeah, you look at the margin profile for the car business and the smartphone business, mm -hmm. and they are dramatically different, right? And uh, it would be very tough to achieve uh, high thirty percent margins in in cars. Um, you know, for for as much as I know about the industrials business, I know that, and so um, you can understand why. These huge tech companies are instead choosing to focus on something that's super scalable and can be easily brought into millions of cars without actually having to manufacture them themselves. Right. And if you had any doubts about Apple's interest in making self driving cars, you know, I think Tim Cook has been pretty coy in some public interviews about uh, not really letting in on a lot of details and being a little cagey. Uh, the company sent a letter to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration regarding federal automated vehicle policy earlier this month, and it made it pretty clear they've got something cooking there. Um, the NHTSA can grant exemptions to certain compliance standards if that organization decides that it's important for research and investigations. And Apple's letter was essentially urging the administration to expedite the exemption uh, requests that are coming in from some new entrants, so people that maybe haven't been quite as ambitious uh, as the early entrants into uh, autonomous driving. But um, that, I think, says all you need to hear about uh, their interest in this space and, and the fact that it's something that they're obviously putting a decent number of resources into. Yeah, I think that Apple definitely is working on a car, You know, as far as we can tell. Um, recent reports suggest that the company is uh, hundreds of employees working on it, um, and the transition initially, uh, you know, it was referred to Project Project Titan, and it, it initially transitioned away from uh, building a, a car. Uh, at least, you know, this is all speculation. Keep in mind, but uh, to really focusing on the technology, similar to Alphabet, 
And uh, rumor is now that it's going to be deeply integrated into iOS and the company's looking for kind of a 2017 deadline of, of a proof of concept of something that can work. So, you know, Alphabet and Apple, these are still really speculative things. Uh, but at least with Alphabet, we're starting to see a direction, an actual company, uh, in an effort to monetize the business, uh, which is encouraging. And for both of those companies, these are things that are exciting. They're very attractive. You know, they're they're fun to speculate on because they are kind of nascent tech. But they are not going to be meaningful to the top line or bottom line for quite some time. Um, so that's something to kind of keep in mind there. Of course, uh, kind of flipping over to the private. Uh, side of things, not a public company, but Uber also made headlines this week. Of course, not to be outdone by some of the larger tech names. And um, after the company had deployed some self-driving vehicles in Pittsburgh in September earlier this year, they are now planning to deploy, or I guess have deployed, about I think it's five uh, or so autonomous Volvo XC90 SUVs in San Francisco. And the aim there was to have them not only be uh, out on the roads, but out on the roads picking up customers, right? Right. Yeah. So they they kind of jumped a gun on this one and uh, put them out on the California roads without without a permit, which California requires for auto manufacturers uh, testing autonomous vehicles. And Uber, what they did was um, kind of make an assumption with wordplay. Uh, apparently, the rule was that manufacturers testing autonomous vehicles that don't require human drivers uh, to to get a permit and to make sure that someone is there uh, you know ready to grab the wheel ready to take over uh, but that wordplay was you know that the vehicle was autonomous um, is when they would need a permit so you know uber argued well these these cars aren't technically autonomous because we have uh, drivers there ready to take over when something goes wrong. Uh, but of course, in their blog post, they did say they're deploying self-driving cars. Uh, they use that wording. So it's just really interesting to see them kind of uh, going this route with it. And it caused a lot of debate as to you know whether this is right. And it, it kind of brought Uber back to a problem they had earlier and have, were scaling back on, with, which was uh, you know just kind of being a rebel when it comes to regulation. So kind of Putting them back in that spot right now. Yeah, that certainly doesn't help their case. Uh, you know, in, in trying to improve their reputation, I know that's something that has kind of plagued them for quite some time. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out with regulators in California and whether it's something they push forward on. In prepping for the show, we talked about how there's kind of a huge difference between uh, how a public company and a private company might handle something like this, just because um, the the liability. On Alphabet or um, Apple's side, with with doing something without, you know, express written consent from the regulatory body, uh, could be devastating to them as a business and and to shareholders. And I'm sure that there are a lot of controls in place for people that have private placements with Uber, but um, you can afford to be a little bit more brash when you don't have public investors, I guess. <laughs> right, and it's worth noting that uh, according to Bloomberg. The California DMV is saying it's going to try to pursue legal action on Uber, and it's not. I don't think it's clear yet that Uber is uh, stopped. But uh, there was an interesting scenario where, on the first day of this program, uh, the one of the Volvos with the self-driving hardware 
ran a red light uh, when a pedestrian was trying to cross a sidewalk. Uh, but Uber said in an update that it it wasn't actually in self-driving mode when this happened, and and they emphasized so this is why we need to be, you know, pushing so hard for a self-driving <laughs> future to help with safety. But it's kind of a funny instance. <laughs> Maybe more wordplay there too. It seems <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and, and last but not least, I know that you kind of wanted to touch on Tesla and how they are going about self-driving a little bit different, just because they are not by nature a platform company. They are a manufacturer first, and that kind of gives them some advantages um, when it comes to integrating their solutions and, and maybe on the data side as well. Yeah, so you have companies like Tesla, uh, GM in some ways, who are trying to uh, work on the self-driving software, but also on the manufacturing. And, you know, you look at Uber when they're solely focused on the uh, the software for now of self-driving, it does uh, present some challenges as far as testing these autonomous vehicles and getting them ready for uh, the public roads works because, you know, a company like Uber can't uh, really sell its sensor can't give its sensors away to manufacturers. Uh, you know, they, they would ha- actually have to uh, sell those sensors, but, uh, you know, and that's where the challenges is. So how are they going to get these sensors over to all these manufacturers and really get a lot of data of how these sensors are operating on uh, on the roads uh, unless, you know, they're actually getting the sensors into the cars. So then you have companies like Tesla who are already delivering vehicles with the self-driving sensors in them. They could run these uh, sensors in kind of shadow mode while people are driving in their normal uh, daily routes, uh, you know, even while they're holding the wheel and they could collect information and uh, really start getting the data uh, because they're also manufacturing. Of course, they're still making money on their sensors because they're selling the car itself. Uh, And then, you know, you have General Motors. Similarly, uh, they are a manufacturer, but they're also working at least in part, working with Lyft, um, and they've made some of their own acquisitions on developing the self-driving software, so they can sell their cars, you know, make money on their cars, and have a revenue revenue stream that earn a business model already, um, as they're putting these sensors in vehicles and start collecting data. Uh, of course, you know, they're not to the point yet where they're already delivering cars with self-driving hardware like Tesla is, but I imagine that uh, they could do that in the future as well and run it in shadow mode. So that's just an interesting point. Yeah, there are a lot of things that are unclear about the self-driving car market. The one thing that is clear is that there are a bunch of different companies with a lot of money at their disposal trying to crack that nut a couple of different ways. Right, yeah, it's really an uncertain space right now. I think that that's the biggest takeaway from this is uh, it's exciting, it's interesting, but these are all small portions of businesses, uh, even at a company like Tesla. There are no cars actually driving themselves on the road right now. so. You know, all of these, it's investors to just put it all in perspective, I think. Yeah. Well, listeners, that does it for this episode of Industry Focus. A couple of notes before we sign off, though. Wanted to let our listeners know about our holiday philanthropy drive. This year, we've partnered with Growing Power to bring sustainable food and employment to at risk communities around the United States. One in seven Americans are food insecure. Your donation can make a difference to a community in need. To learn more about Growing Power's mission and to donate, visit give.fool.com. Again, that's give.fool.com. Also, the cast of IF wants to know what your favorite investing book is. 
Monday Financials host Gabby LaPera is putting together a show highlighting some of the best reads to better understand the market, and we want to know what you think. Shoot us an email at industryfocus@fool.com with your recommendation, and we'll be sure to get you our final list. You might even get a shout out on the show. Of course, if you like the show and you're looking for more of our stuff, subscribe on iTunes or check out The Fool's family of shows at fool.com slash podcasts. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based on solely what you hear. For Daniel Sparks, I'm Dylan Lewis. Thanks for listening, and Fool on. Fool on.